0: When you get into something, like you kind of take it and you really try to like master it, right? And I honestly feel like that's how this is going to be where I did a class and and I loved it and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go all in on this and I'm going to like try to figure this shit out and how you can do this and still be healthy and and have good posture and have healthy joints and and maintain your hormonal balance without overtraining and all these things that you see a lot of people do because they don't have the knowledge behind it because – I mean you you probably have the same thing. A lot of people approach you with – questions about crossfit and and we can speculate but we've never been in the trenches so it's a little bit harder so that was a big motive for me it's like let me put myself through this so i can actually speak on it
1: um so we talked a little bit yesterday about um your experience with with crossfit obviously you joined crossfit um Not sure how I feel about that uh, at this point in time. I had um, so
0: many people message me and they were like, dude, what the fuck? Like, you're jumping into (laughs) CrossFit? Like, but I think – and I think it's one of those things too where like I'm a big – Especially with people in the business realm. Like I I don't – I'm not like a business coach but I am helping a few people um, with their like fitness business and stuff that are just like starting out at the beginning. And and one of the biggest things is I tell them is like you have to push yourself and your body harder than you expect your clients to. Not just to show them that you're living it but I think there's like – and you probably realize this with the kettlebell shirt, right? Like there's something that happens mentally when you push yourself – Past a limit that you thought was possible Especially in like an uncomfortable Place like conditioning wise or Or if it's like fighting like MMA and stuff And that's why I'm a big proponent of those things So for me it's been Like the last this whole year has been like Trying to search for that thing and There was things I tried by myself and it Just wasn't working fighting uh, the, The boxing was great and it worked for a while But I just needed something more Metabolically taxing that just really Fucking that I didn't want to do And I was like man this could be it
1: um yeah I think that like uh, I think that pushing yourself to to an extent obviously is is a really good thing Um, I think that for me personally like you know how you do it is is everything Um, you know and and we talked a little bit about you know how you were uh, how you were training and I was just like dude fuck that like that you know to me to me it doesn't it doesn't necessarily uh, make sense um, but at the same time, like, you know, like I tell, like, I tell some of my clients, man, like, you know, people love, you know, certain like spin classes, you know, soul cycle is, is, just taken off and, and people really love it. Um, and you know, they, they heard our review and, you know, they automatically think that, you know, I'm just like totally against it. Um, which is the exact opposite, right? Like I believe in whatever gets you moving, whatever, like allows you to have fun. Um, like do it, you know, just do it in moderation and make sure that you're doing the things to keep yourself healthy and that you're not fucking yourself up in the long run. Um, but you know, I mean, obviously I don't, I don't have to tell you that. Uh, but more importantly, I think that I I would like to talk about, uh, or not necessarily more importantly, but just to take uh, a different, uh, direction with, with this conversation as to where it could go. Um, as to what I'm more interested in right now at this point in time is the switch up in fundamentals that, uh, that you're used to, right. Because I've, I've dived into, I mean, very briefly into powerlifting and, um, you know, specifically the clean and the snatch, uh, your, your grip on the bar and your position with your shoulders is totally different than, what we are used to with deadlifting, right? We're used to packing our shoulders back, um, creating a, a, a shit ton of, of tension, and lifting, you know, a, a heavier load. Um, but when you're getting into the snatch, right? Like your shoulders have to come forward. It's almost like you're breaking the bar with your index fingers instead of your pinkies, um, because it allows for uh, that rotation when when you come up. And so. When you're used to packing your shoulders back and creating a ton of tension on the bar before you start and then going into the snatch where your shoulder position is totally different, right? Like what what was your experience with that?
0: So I think that was probably the most – well, one of the most difficult parts. Like conditioning-wise, like a couple of the workouts so far were pretty bad. But trying to get myself in a position that technically is not functional from a, a – like a healthy posture and general living standpoint was probably the most difficult thing because like you said, like you're almost in like a completely protracted shoulder girdle. You have to actually arch your neck up versus packing the chin. So I really was yeah. uncomfortable even putting myself in that position and it was hard to retrain my brain. But I, I literally – so we did – like I told you, we did 20 minutes uh, find your one rep max on snatch and I just threw 100 pounds on the bar and I was like I'm just going to practice that. So I literally sat there just trying to manipulate my body, and it was nice having a coach who has been a national-level Olympic lifter there. So I will say that it's a little bit different than the typical CrossFit. Um, Yeah, for sure. But that's the key, right? So like my accessory work and everything is changing because I know that I need to – I was already pretty good about having a lot of rows and posterior chain stuff, but now more than ever just to stay healthy. And if you look at – and you said this during the kettlebell uh podcast and i wanted to chime in but i just waited for this one is like you said when you get into something like you kind of take it and you really try to like master it right and i honestly feel like that's how this is going to be where i did a class and and i loved it and i was like you know what fuck it i'm gonna go all in on this and i'm gonna like try to figure this shit out and how you can do this and still be healthy and and have good posture and have healthy joints and and maintain your hormonal balance without overtraining and all these things that you see a lot of people do because they don't have the knowledge behind it because, I mean, you, you probably have the same thing. A lot of people approach you with questions about CrossFit and and we can speculate, but we've never been in the trenches, so it's a little bit harder. So that was a big motive for me is like, let me put myself through this so I can actually speak on it. Um, and then I have uh, multiple clients who do just nutrition with me and they do CrossFit. So it, it helps from that perspective too because – one of the biggest things I already noticed and I already implemented is more carbohydrates because I was like if I'm going to be training this hard more frequently, my cortisol oh, is going to get shot if I don't yeah. bump my carbs up right away, right? So like sure. my even my – like usually I'm not like a huge component of post-workout carbohydrates. Like it's not that big of a deal. You should probably get them before and make sure you get protein before and after. You're going to be fine. But when it comes to something as intense as CrossFit, like if you don't have carbohydrates to uh, like – Regulate your cortisol response after training, like you can have some issues with recovery, right? So, these are little things that I've already implemented. It's like quick carbs right after I train to make sure my hormonal balance is fine and I'm still recovering. Um, but yeah, like back to your question, like the big shift was for me was just trying to be comfortable letting my body go into that position. And once I was able to actually, uh, so, hook grip is a big component of this because when you get in a hook grip, it's easier to relax your lats and your arms and everything. So as soon as I kind of got comfortable with doing the hook grip, I could actually let my arms kind of relax and it's more of like a whip effect, just like a jab from a boxing punch, right? Like you don't want to like right. muscle into it. You kind of want to snap it. Once I got that component down, it was – my snatch was so much prettier because I was able to use way more hips and get under the bar and just throw it up there. Um, right. But the hard part is is – is trying to manipulate your body in an inefficient way but if we, if we look at crossfit and like that sounds horrible but if we look at crossfit man like yeah so, so one thing i was doing is funny so so the first day i went there we did a uh it was an amrap it was like a nine minute amrap was part of the the workout and it was uh it was barbell cleans uh and uh toes to bar right so it was like There was like a weight prescribed, but it was like one clean, five toes-to-bar, two cleans, five toes-to-bar, three cleans, five toes-to-bar, all the way up as high as you could go in in a nine-minute time frame. And it was good. It was a dope workout. But when you look at CrossFit toes-to-bar, it's not like a real strict toes-to-bar whatsoever.
1: it's kind
0: of like a kit pull-to-bar. Right. So I'm up here like doing super strict like toes-to-bar and everybody's like swinging and I'm like, how the fuck am I going to do all these? So then I tried to swing into it and it was just like – it was awful. So he had to come crazy. over and coach me. But it's actually crazy. You go into essentially extension and you bring your head forward and then you actually go into like a hollow hold and you just bring your knees up. But if you get that rhythm, yeah. you can crank them out. And my first response was I was like, dude, this, this can't be good. And he goes, you got to understand that CrossFit's purpose is – to use momentum to conserve energy and he goes how much less tired were you are you from doing those those swinging toes to bar than you were from doing strict ones i was like oh significantly he's like well if we look at a competitive state that's the whole point he's like you want to use that and i was like man that makes a lot more sense and it makes more sense for the kipping pull-up too if you know how to do it properly which i don't advise for anybody who's not competing so my thing is like okay during that nine minute period I was competing with myself because we're going to do that workout again, and I'm going to try to beat it, right? And that's what I loved about it. Um, so there's certain components that are good and bad. You just have to know how to balance them out, and I think that's the biggest issue with most people is they don't know how to balance so, them out. So
1: from a from an energy standpoint, right? Let's let's talk about when you when you worked up to or when the when the workout was supposed to be work up to your one rep max. Now you put a you put a hundred pounds on the bar and you just practice that, but. Um, how was every? Did you notice how people around you were uh, approaching their one red max? Was it kind of just like, okay, well, I got fucking twenty minutes. You know, let me start here. Let me throw some. Let me throw plates on, and then you know, maybe thirty to forty-five seconds later, I'm gonna go for another another single. Um, what what did you did you did you notice kind of how their approach was?
0: So. This is the, And this is what separates good and bad CrossFit. So if anybody listening goes to a CrossFit and they don't witness what I'm about to say, then you might want to reconsider the box that you're training in. So we all started. I was the only person there who was new. So everybody there has been there plenty of times. So everybody there has done Snatch. We started with a dowel. And we practiced the grip. Then we practiced literally pulling the dowel off the floor and then over the knees. And that's it. And then we practiced... From the knee to the hip, just that quick snap. Then we practiced the shrug. Then we practiced pulling it overhead. And then we put it all together with this little dowel. Then we went to just the barbell. And we did the same process again with just the barbell. And then we went to the One Red Max. So already we had 20 minutes of just practicing the movement, which I thought was super dope. After that, when we put weight on there, even I – like I didn't just slap 100 pounds. I started with 65 pounds. Then I went 75. Then I went 85. Then I went 95. And I got up to like one. 15 i think was what i ended up with that i was practicing with um but everybody else, i don't think anybody got above what i was at. i think one guy had 125 on there because it was the same thing they're so strict about form and and like ryan even yeah. came up to me he's like i did like three reps and i set it down and i kind of shook it off and it was like 30 seconds later i went to go grab the bar again and he was like cody and i looked over and he's like stop i was like what do you mean he was like dude look at the clock rest at least two minutes i was like fuck all right So I stopped and slowed down. That's smart. Yeah, they're even like monitoring that. So once we got to our – so the prescribed workout was essentially like men had to use 95 pounds on the – when we did the – so the workout after working up to our uh, one rep max was 21 reps, 15 reps, 9 reps with sets of uh, double unders on the jump rope in between at a stupid amount. Like it was just – it was retarded. But – 21 reps of what? So uh, snatches. So you did barbell snatches from the floor, no squat, just overhead, drop it, reset, overhead, drop it for 21 reps. Then you would do 84 double-unders. Then you would do 15 barbell snatches, and then it was like 56 double-unders, and then it was like – and then it was nine snatches and I think 31 double-unders. And if you couldn't do double-unders, you essentially had to do just regular jump ropes and they just like added like half as many reps to it. So it was like (laughs) 120-something, yeah. But – What I noticed – so like the workout called for 95-pound snatch for men, 65 for women. But – so I naturally put 95 pounds on the bar. I was the only person in the entire class that put the prescribed weight. Everybody else had less weight or just the bar or whatever, which was dope. Like I didn't win. Like there's multiple people who beat me. But it just showed that they're good about being like, no, you shouldn't be doing that weight. Right. Right. So that was – yeah, so that was a big thing too and I think a lot of people get so sucked into the numbers and even coaches that they're like, oh, well, CrossFit.com, like technically the WOD says 95 pounds, right? So they okay. assume everybody needs to do that, right? So – and who knows? I might not have even, like I probably shouldn't have even been doing that because my form started getting sloppy um, but you underestimate it, right? Like I'm like, oh, 95 pounds, I can snatch that easily and I did for three to four reps and then I started getting kind of tired and all of a sudden, it was like, "Fuck, this is tough."
1: Well, I I think that anytime, you know you're going above twelve, you know maybe ten like ten to twelve reps with an exercise like that. I mean, even even less than that with a snatch, your your form is going to be sloppy. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah, I I definitely understand. And the reason I asked about you know how they approach the one rep max is because some people don't approach it like that, right? They they try they try to smash it out but the point when you are which is you know also you know this kind of goes across the board whether you're in functional fitness whether you're in crossfit the point of when when you're getting stronger and you're and you're working on a max effort lift the goal is never uh you know that you never you don't want the burn right and i think that that's how people kind of determine a good workout right like in the fitness industry and that's where it's it's kind of, uh, geared people. Um, it's, it's geared their mindset. It's like, okay, well, I haven't got a good workout in unless like, you know, my muscles are really fatigued, but the best way to improve your strength is to not get tired. Right. So in that main lift, whether you're in a deadlift, a bench press, uh, or a squat, you don't want that lactic acid, that lactic acid buildup. Right. Um, so you actually want to be fresh. So that's why working to that 80, uh, that 80 to 85% effort and just doing like doubles, uh, triples, or even, you know, four reps at a time. And then, you know, resting a couple of minutes in between is so beneficial. And that's what gets you stronger, faster, not necessarily working up to 90% and then trying to get, you know, five reps in and feeling like you got a, a really good workout because but that's not the point of getting stronger and working up to a one rep max or a three rep max or a five rep max does that make sense
0: yeah absolutely and i think that's what people need to take away is like if we look at this from a sport perspective powerlifting is meant to build the best one to three rep max like we understand that olympic weightlifting yep. is meant to be as explosive for one rep crossfit is yeah. meant to complete – it's like an AMRAP sport, right? It's like how much work can we get done in as little of time? And, and if you look at CrossFit Games, they're never using one rep maxes. They're using like 50 to 70 at most. So even like – so if you watch them do cleans and snatches and anything, it is higher rep sometimes because sometimes it is like you do one and then you do something else and then you do one and then you do something else but even when we got done with the uh, one rep max somebody was like how much weight should i have for this uh 21159 workout and he was like 70% of what you just lifted for your one rep max at most and we we're like okay cool let's do it and like so everybody dropped a significant amount of weight i didn't listen to yeah. him i just did whatever was on the board but that's but that just goes to show you that some people just <laughs> kind of are stupid when they walk in there and do it right so i think that i i'm looking at this like a sport and i think that's why my experience is going to be a little bit different with it um i talked to ryan the guy who owns the gym and i was like man i would love to take this as serious as i need to to be like hey in six months i'm going to do like a local crossfit game because i want to like like let's learn how they actually train to do it and after like picking his brain for a little bit and like of course me being me i did a bunch of research on like the guys in the CrossFit games and like nutrition on performance and all these different things that I've learned over the years, a lot of those guys don't just go to CrossFit and do WODs, right? Like I'm going to be doing it like two or three times a week for the conditioning standpoint and get getting used to like competing at a high level like that. But my accessory right. work is what actually allows me to perform my best, right? So like the other yeah. day… I did uh, I did jerks and dynaball slams, like really just like more of a push press but just explosive overhead with like lighter weight. Um, then I worked up to like a three-up max on block pulls, so I'm still getting my strength work. Um, and then my accessory work was all just a ton of rows. Um, and then I finished with a thousand-meter row, like as fast as I can. So it's, it, it's all it's like – Essentially kind
1: of like dynamic effort.
0: 100%, right? So I'm building a little bit of strength but I'm doing a lot of power and I'm doing a lot of things that are going to like avoid – injury so i know right. that like afterwards I, I wasn't sore or hurting but i could feel my anterior delts in my chest kind of pulling right i was like okay i definitely worked that anterior side quite a bit so i'm gonna do more reverse hypers i'm gonna do more like supermans on the floor to build my spinal erectors i'm gonna do more extension based stuff posterior chain i'm still gonna throw in bench press and stuff like that to build those numbers up but i'm not gonna do a ton of pressing for my accessory work it's not gonna be any anterior chain i'm not gonna be doing lateral raises because it's a sport and you have to like know how to – it's the same thing with boxing, right? You're in that protracted position. You, know, you have to know how to like go against that to keep your body healthier. You're not going to be doing it for very long. right? And I think that's like the biggest thing I'm trying to implement and, and, and take away from it so people can learn. Um, I was listening to some stuff from these two people. They, call, uh, they own a company. It's like a husband and wife. They own a company called uh, prehab to perform So they pretty much do like – it's all – programming for prehab work so it's not to get better it's to avoid getting worse right so the and all they work with is crossfit people and and what they do is i mean that's not all they work with but that's like their niche but he was saying like hat like 50 to 70% of what they do is just posterior chain work. He was like everybody in CrossFit is doing a ton of anterior chain and that's just the competitive nature of the game. He was like, so we do a ton of single leg RDLs. We do a ton of reverse hypers. We do a ton of hip thrusts, ton of rowing, ton of face pulls. And it was like just reassuring like, okay, like that's exactly what I've been doing with a lot of people in general. But for people who are doing CrossFit, you should be doing that even more so.
1: Yeah, I agree. They're fucking killing it. I guarantee it.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh big time. But I thought it was cool.
1: How how is your how is your recovery? I mean, you've only been doing it what what one or two weeks, but where do you see your your level of recovery going? Like what's, what what will be your routine? What do you see in the near future for you?
0: So I am definitely like I'm good about, like I sleep eight to eight and a half hours a night easily. Um I could definitely Right now live, you do. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. As soon as the baby's here, we'll see. <laughs> a change, um, but re- for recovery wise, my nutrition has changed quite a bit. Um, but and it was basically intuitively because I just felt like my body was burning a little bit more because I'm not used to doing such high intensity stuff. So as soon as I felt like my my metabolism was kicking up a little bit, I was like, okay, I need to really focus on carbohydrates. And I know that if I don't combat it now, it's just gonna bite me in the ass, and I'm gonna start like really hurting. So I bumped carbs up quite a bit, uh, especially around training, and then my water intake, dude, I've just been way more thirsty. But other than that, nothing crazy yet. I'm feeling sore in places I haven't felt sore in a while, like specifically like my trap and upper back because, yeah. I, I mean, I do like a lot of carries, a lot of face pulls, a lot of upper back work, but when you do cleans on an AMRAP and then the next week, on a, so that was Friday, and then on Monday I did snatches dude like it, it's it's a completely different feeling in in uh like firing sequence of your the muscle right so i'm definitely feeling my traps on fire my forearms are fucking killing me because of uh well,
1: hook and rip. your and your shoulders are in a different position than they've ever been in before yeah. too 100%. so your muscles are just reacting to that
0: yeah so th- so that's been that's been big but i mean with soreness that usually is an adaptation thing so like our adaptation so i guarantee in a few weeks i won't be like dying like that Um, But it'll be interesting to see how my recovery is over the next month because I'm still doing two days a week of heavier lifting. I'm just taking it a little bit less sub-maximal. So before this, I was doing a periodized program where I'm hitting a specific percentage of my one rep max every single week in the squat, deadlift, bench, and overhead press. And essentially what I'm doing is like if it tells me to lift 250 pounds, I'm dropping that down to like. 225, let's say, and I'm going to drop it a rep. So I'm purposely being more explosive or trying to crush the bar and create tension in other ways than just loading the shit out of it because I know my nervous system is just going to crash if I do that too much. Because And I think that's where people go wrong with CrossFit, right? It's like, They eat super low-carb because they go paleo. They do a ton of high-intensity work, and they do a ton of strength work, and it goes great for four to eight weeks. And then all of a sudden, their cortisol's through the roof, and they're not recovering, and and they just shut down. So my goal is to, like, beat that before it hits me. But the the main things I've done so far is just adding the carbs and then dropping my percentages on those other days Um, because you just don't – like, I think people – People just overtrain too easy. Not even overtrain, but just like under recover too easily.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I think that we got to make banya at least a monthly thing.
0: Man, I fucking hate oh ice God. baths, though. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I already. We well, don't
1: think... even have ice bath.
0: Yeah, I already thought about that though. I was like, I definitely want to start incorporating some form of like whether it's soft tissue work or just like. That that one's huge because it's such a nervous system thing too, going from hot to cold, which is probably yeah. even yeah. more beneficial. Um, so I definitely agree because my thing is this too. Like I, I'm I'm already kind of into this shit because it's exciting, right? Like I go in there and there's other people I'm competing with and then I'm competing with myself against my last time. And then there's skill component of it, right? Like – he wouldn't let me go to a certain weight on the cleans like that it was prescribed because my form wasn't great. So it, it pissed me off in a motivational way, right? Like I'm like, damn, I need to work on my cleans so I can be efficient enough to do the weight that's prescribed for my uh, – my, like the male weight class that I'm in, right? So, yeah. But the issue with that is my nature goes, okay, go hard. Like practice more cleans. Do this. Train, train, train. And I think that's where people go wrong. So learning the balance of that is going to be the biggest key to, to try to do it because at the end of the day, we can't stop people. It's just like you said with SoulCycle, right? If SoulCycle is the cool, fun thing that's going to allow people to get moving, they're going to do it whether it's recommended or not, right? So yeah, sure. the same goes with CrossFit and that's why CrossFit is blowing up. So learning how to manipulate it so you can last longer and continue to get the benefits is going to be the biggest thing and that's why like people like kelly Storette are growing so much is because they took that approach in crossfit
1: yeah let's let's talk about uh footwear really quick um because this is i think something that's not really talked about a whole lot um but with crossfit you know i've i've watched the crossfit games before it's super entertaining um uh, I, I might be pretty judgmental when I do watch it, but it's, uh, it's fine. Um, <laughs> when, you know, and, and from what I've seen, you of course, powerlifting shoes are necessary when you are doing cleans
0: or, uh, jerks or snatches. Correct. Do you, do you wear powerlifting shoes? So I do when it's maximal work and I, I, so I was in there in my, uh, My, my Nike, uh, they're like the free trainer 1.0. So they're really flat looking ones, the white ones. And, uh, they're they're like minimalist style shoe and i started working up to my wonder at max and snatch and and ryan actually had me put on his Adidas olympic lifting shoes for that because he was like you're not going for like time right now you're working on a max effort lift like you should be wearing these because at the end of the day once again it's about efficiency so i understand that these are like a crutch so the general population maybe not he's like but if you're going to compete and you're trying to create the most efficient lift you should be wearing these right it's just like sure. it's just like a, a suit for powerlifting, like that's like lifting right you know what i mean and it's just like the whatever you need to do in a sport to make sure that you're performing optimally in that and then as soon as that was done he had me take them off and wear my normal shoes again
1: so but and, and that's the thing is you can do that in training but how about a competition right because i've seen these guys um uh I think they were doing like heavy cleans and then they would go on like a 800 meter run and then come back, do more cleans. Right. But they, they stayed with They stayed in their powerlifting shoes, which I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, I don't know if those are the best thing to, to be running in. Um, but, uh, which absolutely, I mean, they're not. So I was just curious as to how you transitioned um, you know, your footwear because it is it is super important, right? Especially with those those powerlifting shoes where you're constantly in 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 plantar flexion. Um and then when you go to to run in powerlifting shoes, right, imagine that, right? Yeah. Like you never going to get into uh dorsiflexion, right? Yeah. Like at all. Um, so you're, you're, you're constantly in plantar flexion and then, you know, the ankle joint gets compressed and imagine what, you know, obviously that that's going to lead to, um, when you're doing, uh, lifts like power cleans or snatches where you have to use a lot of hips. Um, so something's got to give there. So Uh, obviously, you know, that, that might be over time for, you know, for, uh, you know, depends on from person to person and, and, and structure and stuff like that, but. Um, I, I think that's pretty safe to say across the board.
0: Yeah, and, and one thing like – so I know Reebok makes some CrossFit shoes that have a slightly elevated heel but there's more padding so it's not as significant. But what I've seen and what I think how I would approach it is wearing the Olympic lifting shoes makes sense in order to neurologically like get comfortable with lifting heavy loads. So like you said, like you're seeing these guys clean 300 pounds in the CrossFit Games. But they can clean 400 pounds, right? So that's what allows them to go out there and do that the way they do it. So I think the important thing is, is like, okay, because they release the info like, okay, you're doing cleans like the RX, which is like the the programmed weight is going to be X Y Z. So I need to be able to build mine to get past that. So when I do put on normal shoes, that weight's no problem, right? So I think it's. I think you can do it either way. I think that wearing Olympic shoes too often is going to put you in weird positions that's going to cause imbalances. But I think that if you're doing like what I did where it's like, okay, we're going to work on a one rep max for a little bit. Wear the Olympic lifting shoes so you can focus on the technical side of things that you need to master in order to be Prolific at the snatch, right? So for me, like getting my shoulders in the right position, snapping my hip quicker, those things are more important than uh, like what shoes I'm wearing. So if I can wear the Olympic lifting shoes to like rule out the ankle part to allow me to do those parts better, I think it's going to benefit me more when I wear regular shoes. If that makes sense?
1: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Because yeah. I, I you know I was just going based off of an obs- observation that I had watched during the CrossFit Games. Um, and and i look at it now i wasn't aware of it then and I, but I look at it now and i was just like man like you know those that has to be there has to be some cause and effect there but you know with with that being said uh, i'm sure that these elite level athletes are you know they're doing prehab they are doing even rehab uh, or you know while they recover in between uh, training sessions that you know they're they're making sure that uh, they're being taken care of but um, you know, I was just I was just looking at the 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 workout and I was just like Jesus Christ, you know, two to three reps or something like that on uh, on heavy on heavy cleans and then you're going on an 800 meter run, which some of it was uphill. I think it was in a stadium or something like that, and then they come back down. I mean, and they were yeah. just training forever, and I was like, God damn, like it must suck to run in those shoes, especially after doing heavy cleans like that. But I, I think yeah, like.
0: Because when I was watching uh, the recent one, I watched the – the it's like the 2017 like fittest man on the earth or whatever. A lot of those people were not wearing Olympic shoes. But I think it comes down to this too. Like if if I asked a CrossFit competitor in the games, if he was worried about the imbalances that will be created if he runs in those shoes, he would be like, no, I don't give a shit. I'm worried about winning. Yeah. Right, yeah, And I think that's where sure. people take it wrong. They watch the CrossFit games and they go, oh, shit, I'm supposed to wear those shoes. And then they start wearing them and they yeah. create imbalances. And it's like, well, dude, like, you're not getting $100,000 for winning a competition right now. You're just average Joe who's going to CrossFit. Like, you probably shouldn't be wearing those. So I think right. I, I really, really think it depends. And like I said, nobody in the CrossFit class – that I was in was wearing them at all. Um, Ryan came over to me and told me to wear them because he was like, you really need to work on the technical side of the snatch. So wear these shoes to make it a little bit easier on yourself right now. And I was like, all right, cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Which I think is a big component.
1: For sure. So what's your, what's your goal? What's your ultimate goal with, with doing CrossFit and uh, how long do you see yourself doing it?
0: I'm gonna do it for 90 days. I think I'm a big believer in the whole 90 day thing. So like, regardless, I'm gonna unless like, if if there's detriments from me doing it, I'm obviously gonna stop. I don't see that happening because I'm aware of my body. Um, and even in like when I was doing stuff, even with the snatch, toes bar, and everything, I did I was clueless at the beginning and instantly got it by the end of the session because I'm aware of my body. So I'm gonna give it right. 90 days to see where I go. The number one reason and goal for me is to make myself uncomfortable. Like. I am, and I get this purely from a business standpoint. I am way more productive and uh, successful in my business when I push myself physically in some way. When I started boxing, business took off. When I start this, I guarantee the same things gonna happen. When I go to on trips and I do crazy shit with my coach and the group of guys, I always have breakthroughs, and I, and I I find that that's needed in some way, shape, or form. Whether you're making yourself uncomfortable through. Meditation, or a relationship, or your body, or your business, or whatever. I think that it's crucial to do so in some avenue, and this is just my way of doing it. But now, yeah. now that I kind of got the bug, I want to I want to do something with it. You know what I mean? So my goal is to kind of compete, uh, but I also want to I want to learn how to optimize my performance through nutrition. I see like my goal from a content perspective is is I want to prove to people that you can't just diet and do CrossFit, and so I'm actually going to be. Uh, doing like a workshop for Ryan's gym on nutrition and like for CrossFit because we see a lot of people that jump into CrossFit to get lean. So they, they go in a calorie deficit and they do CrossFit, which is horrible idea. So I want to show people how you can – if you want to train like this, you need to take nutrition from a different standpoint. And like the reason these guys in CrossFit are so ripped is because they eat so much food their body would not yeah. be able to handle what they are doing unless they did. And those who aren't eating enough have really bad hormonal profiles. So like I want to take a, a, that approach from it as well. Whether I get super lean from it or not, I don't really care. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to improving my lifts with the, the snatch and the clean and all that stuff. And then actually improving my conditioning which has always been something I suffered with like as far as like not being very well. Um, yeah. But I definitely want to take a whole different side to the nutrition faction factor because I do a lot of body composition stuff, right? Like everybody who I coach on nutrition either wants to get big or like get shredded or just lean out or whatever, or get healthy. But I rarely get people who are like, I want to perform at the highest level possible. And that's all I care about. So right yeah. now I'm kind of taking that approach to it. And, and nutrition being my niche is like, I'm really excited to see what I can do and how I can affect my lifts um, and everything going through that and uh, implementing new nutrition strategies and everything. Don't, so- so
1: I like you,
0: man. yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. That's actually like, so in, I'm going in vague to that workshop in Vegas uh, in November with Jason Phillips. And he, he's like one of the most well-known guys for uh, CrossFit nutrition. So I'm, in, I'm interested to see his perspective on everything. He does body composition stuff as well, but like his big thing is CrossFit competitors either have horrible hormones or they eat a lot of food and they perform so hard because of eating enough food that they look ripped. Right. So, and, and it's like, right. If we can teach people that, they'll be able to go to the gym more. They'll be able to train harder and they'll be able to eat more food while attaining the body they want to attain whether that's through CrossFit or not, right? Like the harder you train, the more your body will change but you can't – it's not like a – like I think people took the eat more, move – or sorry, eat less, move more component a little too far where they're eating – like nothing and they're trying to move so much that their body just goes into like starvation catabolic mode right whereas it should be eat less move less or eat more move more so you have to like match your activity level with your food so you can continually do it or otherwise it's going to be a very short-lived thing
1: right i'm having that conversation right now and, and and uh with a couple uh new clients that i have um to where that's exactly what's happened you know they you they were like oh well you know i wanted to get into this you know calorie deficit and you know because i wanted to lose 20 or 30 pounds um and the the scale just ha- hasn't moved so you know I, I i talked to them about you know tracking their nutrition for for a week t- so i could see where their average is at and i had this guy who was at like 200 uh fuck was he at 242 or something like that and he wants to get down to 205 but he's only eating uh you know like 1100 calories on average um a day yeah
0: Um, see and that's the issue man people are severely under eating and i and i wrote that article on calories and and, and we shot the podcast on calories and i had multiple people reach out to me and they're like man i don't I, i did the calculating system and i'm like drastically under that and i'm like Unfortunately, like you have to learn how to take – like pause things and like slowly move up to that weight or that, that caloric intake because you're not going to be able to do this long term if you don't and, and your, your body is just like suffering right now. So I think the, the biggest takeaway from that is like these people – if you're in that position, you have to know like, OK, like fuck, I'm going to have to pause my whole fat loss goal and focus on optimizing my body. So that next year I can be where I want to be, physically, right? Exactly. If you, exactly. If you try to get there in three months, it's just not going to happen. And and if it does, you're going to be even worse off hormonally than you were at the beginning.
1: And and you're set. And you're setting yourself up for failure. Honestly, man, it, it, it's good that you said that. And we've talked about it before, but it, it's just good that we continue to beat it home that your goals have to be, uh, you know, a long way out. Um, there was one of the instructors at the at the Strong First. I was doing, uh, his name is czar and, uh, he's from dude from New Mexico. I mean, I had no idea how old he was. If I was to guess, I would say late thirties, maybe 40 years old. And, uh, Luca came up to me at the end of day three and he was like, how old do you think czar is? And I, so I told him, I was like, oh, he's probably like in the range of like 38 to 40 years old. And, uh, he said, he was like, he's 52. He's fucking fifty-two, Jesus. and this guy looks like he's in his thirties. I mean, it, it was it was like unreal. And so for me, I was like, wow, like you know what I mean? Like I'll be I'll be thirty in in a couple of years, um, and then but like you know, really, you know, in, in relatively, you know, forty is not uh, necessarily incredibly far away. So I was like, man, like you know, just when I get to thirty, you know, what I mean, like, how am I gonna look when I hit thirty-two or thirty-five? um, like some of my friends that, uh, that I, that I coach and that I train, like, how am I going to look right? Like, I want to fucking just, you know, I want to look, I want to look young. I want to look lean. I want to be, I want to have a high energy level. You know what I mean? So like, those are the things that I think about versus, okay, well, you know, how am I going to look, uh, come new years or, you know, whatever. Uh, so those short-term goals, how insignificant, and they really set you up for failure, right? Like I get having, these having these short-term goals that might be that are or they should be relevant to a more longer-term goal but the problem is when some certain people uh do set those you know three month or 12 week goals um you know there's nothing beyond that yeah so i think that it's powerful to know the bigger picture and then uh you know reverse engineer from that you know that's just a little side thought but yeah um, that, i thought I mean, that was important for me
0: I had a big insight with that as soon as I found out Shannon was pregnant because I knew I was going to have a child. But I think this is like one, movement, like continuous movement is going to lead to that. But two, this is like my problem with the if it fits your macros crowd. Like macronutrients and calories are – and I'm writing articles about this right now. It, it dictates your fat loss. Absolutely. But I think micronutrients uh, have a bigger effect on your long-term health, right? And and even like – now, don't get me wrong. If if you aren't in check with your calories and your macros and you're overweight, that's going to significantly affect your long-term health as well. But if we're putting a ton of processed stuff into our body, then it's just – it's not going to pan out for our skin and for our hair and the way we look like you said. So if you look at like – I don't know if you know who Mark Sisson is. Uh, no, no. So uh, I'm sure some people listening uh, who are familiar with the paleo crowd will know he's he's like the original paleo guy essentially. So Mark Sixkin, Mark, uh, Mark's Daily Apple. Um, he was like I think his company's called the Paleo Solution, but he was like the first guy to really follow that stuff, and he literally is like ripped, and he's like 70 years old now, and he just he looks fucking like he has white hair, but he like looks phenomenal for how old he is, like very little wrinkles. So you kind of go like, "Fuck!" If this guy's been living paleo for the last thirty years and he looks like that, what does that tell you? Yeah, you should probably look at the ingredients you're putting, in. and that doesn't mean be paleo. It just if you're on a paleo diet, you're really strict about putting artificial stuff in your body and sugars and all yeah, that bullshit. For sure. So for sure, but that's I mean that's another topic, obviously.
1: I was I was I was listening to uh, uh, Tim Ferriss's podcast with uh, he had Pavel on there and uh Pavel's dad is like 77 years old now yeah. um but he took up he took up powerlifting when he was 71 um and since then he put on like he said he put on like 20 25 pounds of muscle and he was like if, when you look at him from the back he looks like he's like 40 years old but i'm sure you know what i mean just from changing his lifestyle from you know maybe being said i don't know what his lifestyle was like before but, you know, even just in the Russian culture, right, like I don't think that they eat too much processed stuff, um, at least from the, the the Russians that I know anyway. Um, but, you know, changing that lifestyle. So, so now you're lifting and you're creating a little bit more of a demand for your body and, and eating clean. Right. You know, like somebody who takes it up in their 70s. And to me, that was super inspiring because it's like, man, like, you know it's never too late right like and and i'm not in i'm not in bad shape at all right now but for me it's just i, I get so excited about the future um especially now with being a dad like you know what i mean just hearing things like that just fires me up
0: yeah no no doubt man and, and i think the key is, is like you like you said you're in shape but just keep doing that right so like another good example is uh, and i've told you a little bit about my uh my mom's dad my grandfather who's from hungary that dude's like Unbelievable shape. He always has been. He's, he's been traveling the world. He, so he's – god, he's 70-something 70, 70 and he is doing like backpacking around the world with uh, his wife. And he, this dude is like shirtless climbing up a mountain and looks fucking super lean. Like you can still see his abs. He's like has pictures of him knocking out pull-ups and it's because he's lived his whole life like this. But recently, yeah. unfortunately, um, we found out that he has uh, uh, colon cancer and uh Damn. no i'm sorry not colon cancer uh testicular cancer is that it okay i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah fuck that up i mean
1: they they both exist right okay
0: <laughs> so it's it's testicular then that's what it's called so uh but essentially um and you know it's funny if i'm wrong my mom's gonna text me as soon as she hears this because she listens to every fucking podcast so uh but he is going through chemo and and they're like warning him right like you know like with chemo you're gonna be like down a lot or And I don't even know If it's a chemo Whatever the treatment is uh, The radiation treatment So essentially They're like You're gonna be Kind of down and out Like expect Like really fatigue Low energy Like you're not Gonna want to do stuff And this guy's Sending us pictures Of him hiking And kayaking And doing all this shit And he's like I feel great Like no worries Like I'm getting through it and we're just like, holy shit, man! But it
1: yeah. It, with just, somebody like that, though, how much of that is just mind over?
0: I don't know. You but know, either he's way, conquered so much. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, it, it to me like everything he's done over the years—from training to health to travel to all these things—to better his life, like play into that of why he's able yeah. to do that. Yeah. yeah. So. Which has nothing to do with CrossFit. <laughs>
1: I think that concludes the uh, the episode, man. It was uh, it was good to hear your insights and hear somebody who's actually been through the experience. Um, you know, I, I mean, I've talked to several people, but uh, obviously, we went a little bit more in depth, man. That was dope. So I look hearing more, um, you know, about the the next ninety days for you, and um, you know, obviously, hope that it works out for the best, and then uh, maybe you wake up and uh, we start training with kettlebells and shit. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> All right, man. If you love the Mind Versus Muscle podcast, want more free content, and you want to support the movement, share this podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review. To get your questions answered on the next episode, see the show notes for our social media handles and hashtag Muscle.